Youth Ministry 101 podcast, a place for you to learn tips and tricks to help youth in your parish and in your life, in your youth group, to help them to share the love and joy of Jesus Christ. Joined here with my co-host, Matthew, and also special guest, Sister John Paul Marie of the Trinity. Welcome. Mm. It's so great to have you. I also got to say, navy blue is your color. I've oh, seen you habitually you. wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your name, Sister John Paul Marie of the Trinity. That wow. Is, wow, yeah. That's yeah. a crazy name. <laughs> it is a crazy name. Yeah, I received my religious name when I made my first vows in August 22nd, 2019. And mm. uh, yeah, so Mother Superior gives us the option to give her some ideas if we want doesn't necessarily mean we'll receive mm -hmm. the names so we can submit up to three names for her to take to discernment and then she prays about it and either she she you know she prays what the lord wants to be our name and then on the day we make our vows when everybody else here is we receive our name yeah and then we get to make our vows with our name new name so um yeah saint john paul was a huge influence in my vocation mm. but more specifically in um in my marian consecration mm. which is a huge part of our community's charism and and life is to imitate the virtues of our blessed mother and also to promote consecration to mm. jesus through mary mm -hmm. um I remember I was at St. Therese School of Faith and Mission when they proposed the idea of making a consecration. And I just thought it was another devotional thing. And I'm just <laughs> like, I don't do devotions. Like, it's not that I don't do devotions, but I, I don't like kind of the fact that it seemed like it just happens for you when you do this. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, a I get it. But yeah, I transactional. And <laughs> I mean, I was a lot younger in my faith at the time, too. So I, you know, wanting out of a, I think out of a true and genuine place to be authentic in my faith, mm -hmm. I was kind of not really looking into it. And then the um, formation director there uh, let us know that John Paul II, although, you know, it was a bit of a stumbling block. I think he read True Devotion over seven times because it's just Whoa. so, wow. yeah, it's so mind boggling how, mm. how much St. Louis de Montfort you know, tells you to throw your life on Mary, you know, and really do mm. everything in with through um, and for Mary, you know, and mm. that seems kind of strange. And it's very almost scandalous yeah. <laughs> how much he tells you to go to Mary. So uh, seeing that for him, it was still like, you know, he didn't get it necessarily, but he went for it and consecrated himself and said that that was the decisive turning point in his faith life. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, you know, it's good I enough for yeah, him. <laughs> I was like, well, whatever you got, I want. And so definitely was, you know, what put the jetpacks on my spiritual life for sure. I can look back and so mm. much has changed since I consecrated myself to Mary, to Jesus through Mary. And so that was huge. And I think just throughout my whole journey since then, I've always kind of just been being able to have seen a saint and seeing the effects of their lives. I think oftentimes you can look, read saints, you know, that you are not able to see and touch and, and yeah. know and see directly the effects of their life. And you can read their very intense writings and kind of imagine somebody very 
unapproachable or mm -hmm. so on. And I think if you would, if you hadn't have seen John Paul II, you could read any of his writings and be just as intimidated. But have se having seen the witness mm, yeah. um, makes that challenge, which all the other saints of history have thrown, um, that challenge to holiness to be a complete gift of self, which sounds cute, but is <laughs> actually <laughs> more and more you try, the more and more you realize that that's huge. Yeah. Um, everything and it's and it's it's the cross um and so yeah just having that 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 kind of image of the joy that manifests itself knowing that he had a cross mm -hmm. but what did i see when i saw him and and seeing the truth of the joy of entering into the life of holiness so that was and then when it came to my vocational call I was, you know, I think the the relation of him leaving the acting scene to go to the priesthood. And although, right, you know, he yeah, desired yeah. to be a <laughs> contemplative, there was also kind of, you know, this choice that he made. And it wasn't necessarily like the romantic choice of pursuing religious life that a lot of people have kind of like this idea of, you know, he chose because he felt called. And I think I was struggling a lot in the fact that I didn't have this huge sentimental desire to become a sister i wanted to do the will of god and i was wondering is that enough and do i have to be smitten about this idea <laughs> and i ended up picking up his vocation story when i was on my come and see retreat or whatever and read it all like mm. so quick and i felt like he was speaking to me and really just encouraging me to to make that step and i was like well if you hadn't have made that step i wouldn't be where would the where would yeah. the youth of this generation be without him having made that step? Mm -hmm. I definitely, you know, that's it's not that I have necessarily the um, sheepfold that he would have, but whatever God has in store for me, if I don't make that yes to him, something is going to like there will not be that place fulfilled mm -hmm. and so i just really gleaned and said like like take my hand and help me to say yes to mary to say yes to jesus you know mm -hmm. it was almost he's my when i when i was even you know there was a lot of shame in that time too and so really just being able to um see the witness of other people who felt immediately loved mm -hmm. by his his enc the encounter with him and knowing that that's Christ's love, you know, it helped me to draw that bridge. And I think just the importance of that, that witness mm -hmm. of your life, that love of Christ. Um, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I guess a lot of people are like, wow, such a huge thing. So I'm like, <laughs> it's just like this. I just love him and I, mm -hmm. and he's helped me. And so that was a name that continually, since I first entered the convent, it would just come to my mind. Mm -hmm. I had in my head the, the ending of, of the incarnation. Cause I love that mystery. Incarnacion. Yeah. Incarnacion. <laughs> and everybody would laugh because I used to always quote Nacho Libre. So it would have been a little too ironic and mother didn't even know that, but it's probably wise that she, she, uh, you know, listened to the Lord who wanted of the Trinity. And so even since receiving that, it's just been an invitation to, to dive deeper into the mystery of the Trinity. Mm. And even, you know, the aspect of the incarnation being a reality of the Trinity is like mind blowing and yeah. has like revolutionized praying the rosary, especially the glorious mysteries for me. So mm. yeah, anyways, that's like a way too long answer, but uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, that is beautiful. That's kind of what's been resurging in my heart since I've 
since I've received that name. And yeah. Mm. And of course, Mary. Of course, Mary, she's Mary. our mother, but there's like a hidden Marie in that. My like secondary Marie patroness is uh, Marie de l'Incarnation. She's one of the three uh, co-founding saints of the church in Canada. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I just had a huge connection with her before I knew her, visiting her tomb. And I love her dearly. I can't wait to get to know her more. It's kind of just like a... a, a uh, a child's love like you know mm-hmm. I like because I've just been I think I, I, I I'm influenced by people that I feel loved by mm-hmm. and so I've felt the love of Marie Incarnation tangibly through you know an experience of anointing being at her tomb and mm-hmm. so I've just taken her as a patroness and uh, we're receiving a first class relic of her soon Whoa. at the convent so I'm really cool. excited so that's yeah so awesome. but a uh, huge heart for the Canadian saints so that's mm. kind of that connection so yeah, yeah. beautiful wow that's beautiful mm-hmm. I I don't think I could come up with that many reasons why I have my name but <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, yeah St. Pope John Paul II for sure what a saint like mm. what a man yeah I oh my gosh that's so cool I love that. Um, before we go any further, I have a thank you to our supporters. Um, our, as you know, we call them our co-missionaries on net. Mm-hmm. So a huge thank you to our co-missionaries for supporting the ministry. And um, if you'd like to become a co-missionary, you can head over to our new and fancy website <laughs> at netcanada.ca, and you can find out more how to do that there. Um, a bit of an icebreaker question before we get into the nitty gritties. <laughs> um, so I, I sent, I sent you guys an icebreaker question, but I changed it since then. So now you don't know what's coming. Um, if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be? And who would play you as oh a boy. character? Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I've been told Jack Black or Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's strange. Uh, what about you guys? I don't know. I know. That threw me off. I was already with my first answer. What was the question I sent you before? Oh, if you could drive a, any vehicle for a day, what would it be? What oh, yeah, I want to hear Oh, just a Cessna Seahawk. It's a single-engine um, aircraft used for training for uh, students. So I think that'd be cool to fly. Ah, what? That's so crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> wow, I didn't know the airplanes were uh, part of this. <laughs> that's yeah, great. Vehicle. What was your vehicle? A 1972 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. I liked it since grade six. And then he got it the year before I entered the convent and I got to go cruise in it. And I was like, wow. That vehicle name is longer than your religious name. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. <laughs> it wasn't a nun. <laughs> Did you choose a vehicle, Matthew? Uh, I didn't. I usually ask questions and don't think of answers. <laughs> uh, off the top of my head, uh, Lamborghini Aventador. Lamborghini. That's my dream to drive one of those. Birkenstocks. Ooh. I don't know why. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, awesome. in the gray habit, driving one of those things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of an oxymoron. But yeah. okay. No poverty, most expensive, one of the most expensive cars in the world. Uh, um, yeah, my new question Who would play you, Julia, in your movie? What genre would it be? I, uh, <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> 
my my first thought was like action movie with like a side of romance. I think. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, just because action is fun, and 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 then I thought for a famous person like Rachel McAdams. I haven't seen a lot of her movies, but she's cute. Um, but then I thought of a funny funnier answer. I would want Heather to play me, Heather Petty. Because <laughs> she, be oh, <laughs> she'd have to be the opposite of herself, <laughs> and that would be hilarious. That would be so, funny. so actually, it would be comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that would, I would I would watch that movie. <laughs> awesome. And she would do great. <laughs> I think my movie would be. Uh, the Divine Comedy. That's what would be the name of it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would. It would just maybe be a comedy. Um, and who would play me? There's. I've been told I look like some actors. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who they are. So maybe one of those actors that I look like, or that looks like me. <laughs> that I look like. I don't know. <laughs> they look like me. So, uh, anyways, I don't know. I, I thought I had an idea for like a book title. You know when I when I die and they read my journal and they read an autobiography, <laughs> then they might decide to not make me a saint because they've read my journal. <laughs> but it would be, it would be cool to like see, um, this is super deep, but, <laughs> um, like how your life story would actually just be like the story of Christ shining through your life. So like, mm. it would barely be about, you'd have like two sentences about you It'd be like, this is how God worked through him. Whoa. So it'd be like, not not a solar eclipse of the heart. That's not what I'm thinking. Ah! <laughs> but something using the word eclipse in it. It could be a soul solar eclipse. Oh, oh I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. I'm, that I love that. Thank you. Thank That's you. Awesome. Yours can be a solar eclipse of the heart, man. <laughs> oh, my husband. My last name also is Hartman, and my husband's last name. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Yep. Anyways, wow. wow, good answers. I look forward to seeing these movies when they do come out <laughs> on Jack Black. <laughs> Actually, there was a I, when I was a hairdresser, I had this one client. She used to tell me I looked like the like the old actress of Wonder Woman. Ooh. Oh, I don't know what her name was, but she, I like looked her up on my phone. I was like, well, I can see it, you know, because yeah. I had like really dark hair then. And so she's like, yeah, you look like that. I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> and I would go and color her hair and we'd have nice chats. Oh, she was so great. Oh, man. Being a hairdresser, you'd have so many conversations with people. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I loved it. So cool. Mm-hmm. I love going to like going to the barber and just like having a good conversation. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> Do you ever evangelize your barber? Sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, they evangelize me. Oh, great! <laughs> I'm like, have you heard of Jesus? They're like, no, but and then they share something in their life. I'm like, that's profound. Mm, I hear, <laughs> like, man. I hear. I'm excited for you to become a saint so that I can tell people, like, brag that you cut my hair. Oh, I'm excited for you to become a saint so I can say I cut a saint's hair. <laughs> have you cut her hair yet? Or has I it... did when we, oh, I was, yeah, when yeah. I was working here in Ottawa. Sob salon. <laughs> Sob salon. S A A B, like the car. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, like sobbing. I was like, <laughs> no. you, you can put it in the show notes. Haircutting, stay for the cry fest. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great place for us ladies. <laughs> um, okay. So, getting on to the first question What was your experience? This question all around the table. What was your experience mm-hmm. in youth ministry? Either it being administered to you or you ministering to others. Mm-hmm. And we talked earlier, we were doing some drone shots. 
for mm -hmm. the Sister Build project. Wow. And we were talking about awesome. your, the impact of some of these people in your life. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about that. That's great. <clears throat> um, okay, so I wasn't a huge fan of youth ministry when I was a kid. <laughs> I think I just don't like to be in organized settings, which is ironic because I'm a religious sister now. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so it was always hard for me. I was kind of always in my own zone. So it was hard for me to like get into the activities. Mm. Um, but a couple of people who were sort of youth mentors of mine, um, one of them is uh, Elaine Boskell. Oh, <laughs> she, had, cool. she had accompanied a group of us young people up to a retreat when, one weekend. And I was, I think, I think what I realized was a lot of my mischief I never realized was mischief. And I, I'm starting to realize this is a lot in my life. I don't realize I'm doing something wrong. And yeah, so anyways, uh, until I get like this slam down and I'm like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> anyways, so, I, I, anyways, so I, I had stayed up one night with my cousin and we went to go talk in the washroom and I was thinking, oh, I'm not disturbing anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the washroom. So like, this is a great idea. Everybody's <laughs> then sleeping, everybody's yeah. happy. The yeah. chaperones don't have to tell me to be quiet all night and I can keep talking with my cousin. Yeah. Anyways, I didn't know that that was like a huge no-no. So then I get home and I guess Elaine had called my mom to tell her that I was, you know, misbehaving on the weekend. I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> I was misbehaving. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so my mom had told me to call her and apologize so i called her and i said i'm sorry for mm -hmm. misbehaving on the weekend thank you so much for the time that you put to bring us out there and and i'll try and be better you know and and uh anyways she and i was expecting okay you know like this is an adult my mm -hmm. mom's friend um you know they just kind of tell me yeah good goodbye and she said oh i was wondering can i bring you out for coffee and i was like i'm like 12 what's coffee you know? yeah. <laughs> and like my, my family does like we're from the country what's co like the coffee shop uh, idea has wasn't you know introduced to me yet like mm -hmm. what is going out for coffee <laughs> yeah <clears throat> come and play lego <laughs> come over to my house and play yeah exactly you want to come over and play with an adult i was like um okay is this my punishment <laughs> so uh anyway so i ended up she brought me out to scott's parable which is uh the christian Classic. bookstore in town <laughs> and it was my first time there and there's a little coffee shop and then they have all like the cd area where you can try all the cds and she's like what do you want you can get anything i was like okay i was like where's the catch here <laughs> you know and she just sat down and asked me how i was doing and i just i think i i started crying at the table because i just didn't understand like why do you love me i didn't even know that i was hurting you this weekend and i was hurting you and you're just like returning such love for me and you mm. care about me mm -hmm. and then she said oh my kids gave me a 25 dollar gift certificate and i want to buy you something like you can pick anything in the store and i was like what the heck so anyways i just I, it changed me mm. very deeply i realized like yeah that i was loved um she was very understanding um and wanted to know who i was mm. and that was yeah <laughs> i just remember that was a huge example of god's mercy to me as a kid and um yeah just that there was a second chance almost 
that I wasn't, you know, a bit of a write-off once, yeah. you know, I, you know, mm -hmm. like all of a sudden stigmatized as the bad kid at this or that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, choking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, that was a huge example. And I think it really entered deeply into my own heart as to how I, I would see the young people in the future that I would be ministering to that, you know, most of the, these kids have no clue, you know, like they're, you, they're not developed enough sometimes to see their impact on the greater setting. Sometimes they do have a good heart and they're doing absolutely the wrong thing, but really trying to see the good in them, hmm. um, to see, yeah. And to value them for who they are, whether or not they want to be there. And so, yeah, that was a beautiful, a beautiful, um, example to me. And another mentor i really enjoyed choir as much as i didn't mm -hmm. really enjoy youth group <laughs> i i really enjoyed choir because i love singing and playing music but i did end up getting grounded from choir for a year because i was misbehaving <laughs> a year <laughs> a year wow. yeah so wow. i had to like watch them for a year sing at mass without me oh my gosh and at the christmas concert and no everything. not the christmas concert i know yeah yeah it was the one yeah never mind i won't say that um, <laughs> And so, yeah, that was the choir director there. She saw me being as crazy rebel or like just crazy distracted was probably more the thing. Mm. And she saw that I was very gifted. And although she had 40 kids to direct in the choir, she consecrated a whole arm of direction to me to keep me on time because I, I was loving guitar and learning it but I would be way faster than the rest of the choir singing. So she would be like slowing me down with her one arm and she continually would love me and like mm -hmm. whenever i'd act up she'd just like affirm me and correct me so it was always like both elaine and carmen were both examples of uh love and truth combined mm -hmm. justice and love and mercy mm -hmm. all of that combination which was so good because it did correct me you know and showing me oh you're not realizing the impact that you're having or you forgot that you're, you know, you forgot to realize, you know, mm. and, you know, just like believing in the goodness of my heart, although my actions were always lagging, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, so just their patience, their mercy, their love. I wouldn't be a musician today if it wasn't for Carmen, mm. who wow. kind of, you know, put the, was able to, to uh, tame the stallion and direct the current <laughs> of, of uh, energy and creativity that I had. And so I, I owe so much to her and just teaching me how to, how to really worship because she saw that I had a heart and really how to like lift that to God mm -hmm. and to sing with my whole heart to God. I think I learned how mm -hmm. to pray a lot through that choir because mm -hmm. of her own example when she'd lead, she would be singing every word of that song as she's leading us so fully to Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that example of worship and of loving God like and wanting to mean every word that we sing and mm. so that sacrifice of praise, I, I owe it a lot to Carmen. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. It's a gorgeous yeah. story. Both of them. Yeah. Like, wow, that's powerful. I want to ask Matthew now. <laughs> <laughs> I was his youth group leader. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. For yeah. like a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't like being a youth group leader very much. Really? No. Wow. But uh, I tried us. my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was the formality, you know, I struggle it, with formal mm. settings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Before I answer that, I, I just got to say, like, I love hearing... Um, from somebody who doesn't see it as like, you know, it doesn't have to be like organized, but like loving the person itself. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think so often in my 
like logical mind i'm like there's like a program for this you know for these things what how how do we most effectively you know do youth ministry and so often it's just like being patient and loving and continually mm-hmm. like being relentless and loving mm-hmm. the young people especially the ones that are acting out because that's often those are often the people that mm-hmm. need the love the mm-hmm. most and um yeah like <laughs> i think i was a bit of a boy scout and uh i, I was probably not a troublesome student but um, no you weren't <laughs> i wouldn't remember you more <laughs> uh, but uh yeah youth group was was great it was like a just a good place to i was homeschooled so like i had all my church friends you know that was that was the hangout spot um i do <laughs> Do you mind me sharing the arm arm wrestling? <laughs> sure, I don't remember it. So. Okay, well, it's not really a story, but it's just like a particular memory. I remember one time going to youth group, and you was it you and Dan Dupuy were there? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm not surprised. Okay, so the two youth ministers were there, and there was like this like kind of circle of games happening in the gym at our church, <laughs> Our Lady of Lourdes Parish. Shout out. Um, and there was Sister John Paul Marie before she was a sister, obviously. Um, just like there was a, a line of boys there. And she was like, she was arm wrestling wow. them and just defeating them one after the other. And nobody could stand up there. And like, she would let, eventually she let us use like two arms. And there was like three guys holding her back. And she was like, boom, boom. We were like, what? Oh my gosh, so, that is hilarious. I do not remember that. That's yeah, that, amazing. That was my, my memory. I'm, I, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one could defeat her. But, but wow. also like the choir as well. That was very formative. Mm-hmm. And like, when Pure Witness, the ministry uh, Carmen Marcoux uh, founded, um, was a part of founding, uh, when they took over like the teams, kind of like net teams, but they um, were stationed more so in Saskatoon and kind of went out from there around the local, local yokel area. Um, <laughs> but like when they started leading, there was a couple of net alumni actually who were part of that team and they led it. And I remember that was the first time I was like, I actually want to be here, not just to like see my friends and eat the food because that's where, like <laughs> the two main things mm-hmm. before. Um, but like to actually see this witness of faith. And I think so much of it is like once you get to a certain age, you start to develop, you develop more and you realize it's more of a choice on your own end. And when, when, when there's that freedom, I think like, yeah, there's so many years of journeying and it's not fruitlessness or it's not fruitless mm-hmm. because it's going to, you know, it's going to blossom later, but I, I just see so much like formation in my life. And as much as I wasn't like, a, you know, doing anything crazy, uh, I definitely had like a prejudiced judgmental heart of being, you know, from a place of just like a good upbringing and then seeing other people doing the wrong thing. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing the wrong thing. And then, and then, you know, growing up in that environment of youth ministry, it was, it was good to see people who we're not just talking to talk, but they're walking the walk as well. Mm. And yeah. And then also when I was very young, sister John Paul Marie also babysat us kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was the best babysitter. We had another Thank babysitter. You. I will not mention any names <laughs> that one time ate all of our licorice that was reserved for us kids. Wow. I'm surprised that wasn't me. <laughs> but sister John Paul Marie was always, always the best. Oh man. Oh. I loved going babysitting there. It was great fun. Yep. Yep. I did not fun know times. these things. That's yep. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> the connections. Yeah. Yep. It's great. So, yeah how about you julia what was your experience of being in youth ministry Mm -hmm. and then if you were like the administrator of youth ministry (laughs) (laughs) i think that like the first thing that came to mind actually is my first taste of of youth ministry was with a net team Mm -hmm. that was at our parish um ray reitzel 
and Lisanne and oh Lisanne yeah 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 <laughs> um, so yeah we had a net team at our parish Holy Martyrs of Japan in Bradford oh, mm-hmm. oh you were there yeah yeah Get that's out. such wow. a cool man yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and I was like involved with them and 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 enjoyed that. Um, and eventually, that kind of a series of fortunate events led me to my own net year and and serving with Net Ireland in Scotland. Um, but it, that calling happened very quickly. So mm-hmm. I was got a call from Net Canada recruiter. Oh, literally on a, a calling. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. People say God doesn't make phone calls, but uh, in yeah. my case, <laughs> um, yeah. So I got a, a phone call on a Thursday saying Net was short two female missionaries. Mm. Um, or on a Wednesday, then got accepted the next day, interviewed and accepted. <laughs> um, and it. then they asked me to be there on Sunday. Oh so my gosh. I said, I said no. I said no. And I, I said, I'm going to be there on Thursday. So give me at least a week. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting because I think the twofold, um, way that youth ministry affected me and, mm. and like personally was, so number one, I thought, you know, listening to my teammates' testimony, like they're they're sharing of how they encountered God's love and mercy. Mm. I was like, they they had big conversions, mm. whereas I grew up in a you know typical Catholic home and yeah. and had yeah. a very gradual you know mm-hmm. um, faith deepening process. And anyways, and so I think it was very humbling to not to feel kind of a sense of unworthiness in terms of sharing a story. I'm like, mm. it's not as cool as my, mm. my net teammate stories you guys share. But I then get knocked off a horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think like learning like mm. to never underestimate, like underestimate the value of your personal testimony and your story and, mm. and seeing the Lord work through that and, and change and lives and touch hearts. But also on the flip side, mm-hmm. like, I obviously joined Net very quickly and in a place of need. So it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm I'm needed and, and mm-hmm. I'm going to change lives. And then God was like, jokes, like your life is going to get changed. Um, and specifically in like very beautiful personal ways of, of, for example, like you're so focused on on loving other people. And he's like, I'm going to teach you that this year how to receive love mm-hmm. in ways that you're not used to. Mm-hmm from people you know that's hard. That, yeah yeah <laughs> so it was like and it was ongoing for sure mm. um but i think that's how you know my like first involvement with youth ministry began was through net and mm. then and then obviously in my own personal experience on on team yeah it was yeah. just like i think those are mm. the two things that jumped out at me as like learning like god makes us worthy mm. and and yes, like he's going to use you as an instrument to change people's lives. But mm. but if you let him, he'll change yours. Mm. Yeah. How did you find like being the youth minister on the road? Was that pretty new to you or had you been involved in youth ministry like as being the leader already? Yeah, um, kind of a mix of both. Um, I feel like mm. my parents had a, a Catholic kids camp growing up. So what was it called? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was called Catholic Land, where, where all your Catholic yeah, dreams come true. That's awesome. Yeah. Was it in the states? Uh, no, no. There is like a Catholic family land in the okay. states, but uh, Catholic Land. And I didn't I realize how like unique that name was until I actually went on net, and my teammates were like, "Tell them where you grew up," and I was like, "Catholic Land," and they're like, "Is that like Disneyland?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I kind of, but I was like more of a kid, I guess, growing mm-hmm. up in that environment. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I guess that, that was preliminary, my experiences um, with with youth ministry, with Catholic camp, and, and that was really big um, in my life. But then I think when it became my own was, yeah, through, mm-hmm. through net. And, Beautiful. Yeah. 
So cool. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. I love to see how um, people come into net with like different experiences of having been ministered to. Mm. And it's really actually, I find it really cool when people have no experience of being ministered to and they have a conversion right before and then join net Whoa. and they're like, mm. don't have any concept of it. Whoa. But there's like a, it's like a convert's like fresh take on like what the gospel is. Mm. Like we need to share this with people. Like <laughs> everyone, right. everyone's got to know about this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my next question, how have you seen the fruit of those experiences in your vocation now and in coming to your vocation? Mm. That's a question for both of you because you're married. You're married. <laughs> That's a great question. You go first. Oh, no. okay, okay. Wait, can you I almost call your sister Julia? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm your sister. <laughs> Brother helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the question, oh, yeah. the fruit uh, of the ministry. The how have you seen the fruit of that youth ministry experience in your mm. vocation or coming to your vocation? One word, <gasps> vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I feel like honesty is has always been important to me. Um, mm. But I, I feel like learning and sharing your test, your personal testimony, your story. Mm. Um, the more vulnerable you are, yes, it makes you more susceptible to to being hurt for, <laughs> mm. you know, being being that vulnerable. But it also, um, like inspires vulnerability mm-hmm. in others yeah, it so opens then doors. yeah so just carrying that into marriage has been huge because of course you want to be you know very honest with your spouse but mm-hmm. but that does come with a level of like humility and mm-hmm. and totally. but it's but you get met with that same vulnerability and and mm-hmm. it's beautiful the way the lord continues to surprise me in that you know like it, it seems so basic and and advice that i'd give other women you know in, in relationships is just like be honest you know and 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 like this is gonna sound funny <laughs> but it's like and i promise it does relate to ministry <laughs> but, it's yeah, like, yeah. but it's like yeah like even in something that i think women um especially may have a tendency to do is like because I read between the lines, I kind of can expect Mike to to do that and and mm-hmm. put that unnecessary pressure on him mm-hmm. to to you know guess my needs you know mm-hmm. and then and then also the potential to be upset if he doesn't you know mm-hmm. so it's like if I really want him to buy me flowers but I don't tell him because I don't want to you know zap the romance out of it it's like. Yeah. He can't know that on his own. So it's mm-hmm. like he didn't sign up to play a perpetual guessing game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so how that I think relates back to ministry is like that vulnerability is we can be so afraid that it's going to take away the the sentiment or the, the you know, um, yeah, the excitement. I don't know. But it's like, mm-hmm. but just encouraging mm-hmm. people to be honest um, mm-hmm. with their stories and sharing. I remember like net training. That was my first experience of like, and real taste of vulnerability, fall mm-hmm. training, small group, yeah, totally. um, where everybody shares kind of what's called a lifeline. And you share like, just like the highs and lows of your life and, and having people go before me and share some of the things that I had only ever shared in confession. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> but but really, then that inspired that in me. And I was like, I can do this. I can, you know. Uh-huh. So so I think it's synonymous with, like, vocation and with life is just, like, be vulnerable. And obviously, appropriately, and as you feel called to. But it's, like, mm-hmm. that inspires vulnerability. And, and the Lord will surprise you in, in, in ways mm-hmm. that, you know, I feel like if you, in different ways than if you had, you know, just 
kept quiet or didn't share, didn't think your story was important or good enough or, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Authenticity is attractive. And yeah. people want real now. People mm -hmm. are done. It's like, don't give me mm -hmm. the fake version. Yeah. 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 That sounds like mm -hmm. even just that vulnerability brings about unity. Yeah. And I think the, <laughs> you know, it takes just as much to receive somebody else's vulnerability. Sometimes we can get used to their this is or that's and forget to listen to it mm. you know because we just expect it to be the same or we expect things never to change and mm. and that's like a hard place of vulnerability um mm. yeah so that's that's beautiful i wouldn't have thought of that as being like a fruit to mm. bring into to marriage mm. the first thing that came to mind when i read that question was was just that um the fellowship you know, other people following Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's huge. How many mm -hmm. people have that kind of? Well, I wasn't homeschooled, but I went to a small French school in a big city, and so it was kind of you went there because you wanted to speak French, not because you wanted to do anything else. So you like my mm. the people that I went to school with all had their friends outside of school. I had my own friends, so mm. it was kind of nice that way. I didn't have much peer pressure issues at school, mm -hmm. um, but. At church, that was really my friend, really. And then mm. that friend group grew as I went to different ministries throughout Western Canada and uh, just keeps growing everywhere I go because yeah. you just go to a Catholic church and you have family there. It's amazing. Mm. I love it. Mm. And so, yeah, just that that feeling that, that um, church is home mm. no matter where you go, first of all, because of the Blessed Sacrament. But mm. Jesus says, whoever... Who is my mother, my brother, and my sister? It's those who do the will of God. Mm. And um, so really to feel at home, you know, even just that sense of community, that sense of vulnerability, that's the struggle to follow God, mm. to do his will. That's our, that's what unites us as brothers and sisters. And mm. I think, you know, I th the experience of living in that household was a beautiful step, you know, I, I had a little way of life in the morning with my one roommate, you know, whoever got up first, we'd make the coffee mm. and then we bring it up and we both sit in our bed for an hour facing the, facing the wall that was across and mm. we'd do our morning prayer. And I just remember being like, wouldn't that be awesome to do this? You know, like, mm. just like, and then like having a communal supper with my, my sisterhood in my household, you know, we'd cook one once a week for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so we'd have five meals together and, that was just beautiful to be loved by my sisters. Mm. And I just remember being like, hmm, I wonder if I have a call. <laughs> you know, and just like remember being like, this is very dear to me. And yeah. if I was like, yeah. if I am called to religious life, I'm going to really love this. Wow. You know, like being able to have that common way of life, even though we didn't have a common way of life. But just that first thing, the most important thing, yeah. which is the prayer in the morning mm. and then the community life, which is kind of like the hierarchy of importance in my community is like our prayer life. That's why the chapel is the most beautiful house, room in the in our convent. Mm -hmm. And then the refectory is the next biggest room, mm. which we adorn for the different festivities mm. because it's where we practice the law of love, mm. you know, love the Lord you got with all your heart and mind and soul and love your neighbor with yourself. That's how we live out our love of God. And so, yeah, definitely that fellowship is, is uh, to get into that current, to uh, be with other sheep who hear the shepherd's voice when mm. you don't remember how to hear it. Mm. You know, that's Father Michael Gately talks about that in a podcast that he was recently on. You know, like if you can't hear the shepherd's voice, 
look for those who do and you see like peace and joy and follow that follow the other sheep you know and so just having a having a herd <laughs> is beautiful um so yeah i don't know that's kind of but definitely the feeling of belonging and i think that comes back down to love and that youth ministry any whether it be in youth groups or no matter what is that that feeling of belonging and that church is home mm. so it's always so simple yeah in theory <laughs> exactly in practice. holiness is simple but not easy <laughs> yeah yep. that's it we like to complicate it because we like our way yeah mm. simple is hard it's so beautiful mm. mm-hmm. how have you found like um now that you're a sister is there has that opened new doors in terms of just like relating with youth or, or you know, I'm sure the habit is like, it's a sign of contradiction, mm. you know, it's, it's mm. kind of scandalous in a, in a sense. I'm sure you walk on the street or, you know, you're running and yeah. there's a famous picture of you on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> the running men. <laughs> um, oh, man. And, <laughs> sorry to expose you like that. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what's that like? Um, I, I guess, I don't know. I have a hard time knowing because it just depends who. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think I had a huge fear that becoming a sister would make it awkward mm. and that it would be harder to just like get go deep with people because they would think I was on a higher level or something. You mm. know what I mean? Like I just yeah, yeah. I didn't want to have an obstacle to jump over. But it's funny because it used to take me so much time just to build a relationship so that maybe eventually they could open up their hearts and now it's like right away it's either like they'll like shut you away or else they just want to go straight to the heart which is like such a joy for me like that's all i want to talk about yeah Yeah, like i just i love jesus obviously (laughs) and i just it's my joy to to talk about him and let Mm. other people know that he's real and Mm. his love for them and and inviting them to to uh, enter into the mystery of their own heart and their own life. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, so it's actually been amazing in terms of youth. Mm. um, I think when I'm meeting young people who are in their faith, it's such a beautiful thing for me. They remind me of who I am called to Mm. be. Mm -hmm. They see and they know they know Christ, you know, especially if they've been baptized in the spirit and encountered Christ, they know that he's worth everything. Mm. And you're, you see it in their eyes that you're confirming everything they know God to be. Mm. He's worth everything. You know what I mean? Like, and they just have such a joy. And when I see them, they expect me to live like that. Mm. And it's such a, you know, it, it, it gives me chills sometimes thinking about it, the responsibility not to like of course i'm always doing my best but just to remember like yeah this is what it's all about and mm. seeing you know kind of their their virginal first steps into walking <laughs> with with christ in their own personal relationship with jesus mm. um you know the excitement of it just remembering that in my own life because that's probably where you know it started for me of course it started at the font but you know it's uh it's yeah they they really challenge me when it comes i i had the joy of going into a few schools uh just a a month ago in north bay Mm -hmm. and it was interesting because none of them had ever seen sisters and they were kind of just like what 
what's going on but right away like we just you know talking to them like adults and talking to them super normally about god you know it's like talking about anybody in my life mm-hmm. you see that i know him and he knows me and you see that my relationship with him actually it changes things that happen in my life mm-hmm. it's part of my everyday life just as much as their mom and dad are and so they were you know they were brought into the mystery and there was great joy mm-hmm. when we left the classrooms you could see there was this just i i've seen something beautiful which is what religious life is it's a sign of heaven it's not mm-hmm. me <laughs> but the sign and the and the grace of of the calling mm-hmm. you know is to bring that that sign that we are made for something so much more and my heart which desires more than this world can offer will be satiated there is that mm-hmm. and these people have bet their life on it mm-hmm. wow praise god as Amen. crazy as life can be there is something there's something more mm-hmm. And it's not in anything I can see, you know, like this unreal reality that I know exists or that I feel it actually exists. You know what I mean? Like nobody can deny that there's a reality beyond material. Yeah. And it's influencing things. But what it is, I don't know. You know, And Mm -hmm. we get all of our different things come out of that. But Mm -hmm. it's they see that there's a security in the in the leap into the the darkness of faith so wow yeah wow that's amazing yeah at least that's what i yeah. perceive yeah. from like I, I intuit that from seeing yeah mm-hmm. their response and their body language which mm-hmm. just like settles and frees and all their different masks that they have up and mm-hmm. we were wearing masks at the time but i was just like peering into <laughs> each of their eyes mm-hmm. and looking at them and loving them Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. making sure they see they they are seen by Mary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And wow. they're seen by the church. Mm-hmm. They've never been in a church. I'm a walking church. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so let yeah. let yourself be seen. Yeah. Um, and you could just see like this complete, you know, like a a release, a moment of a suspension of whatever has been going on. And we even got to sing in it and invite them to pray, you know, like in that moment. Okay, like this sounds crazy, but today is the day. God is knocking on your door. Like you guys want, you guys want this? Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Let's get this. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like yeah. why not now? And yeah. so it was like half an hour meetings, but they were so mm-hmm. powerful. So Whoa. yeah, it was so beautiful. I'm, I'm still, you know, in awe of what the Lord was doing there. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to doing that more in mm-hmm. schools, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like a, it's like a net team, but. Sisters. <laughs> kind of feels like that. Our order is kind of like a, a hybrid of like St. Therese School of Faith mm. and Mission and Net. Like it's, <laughs> it's so beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I love, love that. Yeah. You guys were you guys were walking them to the door and then inviting them to come through. Like mm. yeah. so often we were just talking about this in a meeting yesterday, but like so often we just talk about people, we bring them to the door, and then we go and talk to somebody else and bring them to the door, but we don't invite them or show them how to go through the door. Mm. And like how once you go through the door, like that's where things change like that. Yes. And it, it might not be anything dramatic, Mm-mm. but that's like you start living with and for Christ at that moment. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, like you're saying, it's going to change the everyday. It's not just going to be like a, an abstract theory, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I love how you said they bet their life on it. That's like so profound. Well, people in religious life, it's like 
they believe there is more and they bet their life on it. Mm -hmm. If they reach their end, the end of their life and there, you know, there is nothing more, mm -hmm. they lived a life well, like a well, a life well lived. In the eyes of the world, they wasted their life. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like they could have been doing other things. Yeah. Um, they still died. <laughs> <laughs> we're all gonna die. Yeah, yep, we're all that gonna... is guaranteed. Yeah, face full of dirt. Yeah. Um, oh man, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I also, I want to add that, like, the admiration and the love you have for JP2, like mm -hmm. his, how holiness is made approachable and accessible and, and just being like, you're designed to be genuine like you are. And so it's so cool to, to see how you're, you're like the person that, that you love and admire. Like, oh, I, wow. So <laughs> evident in you. <laughs> That's a beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Glory you to also God for had, anything. You also had a background in acting, right? No, I hate acting. <laughs> I, honestly, I was the team leader, and I have to confess, I misused my authority as a team leader to make sure I was never in a skit. Really? Because I hate acting oh. when I it's rehearsed. Uh, you like? Uh, I'll improvise yeah, yeah. anytime. So now, as long as you don't tell me to do it. <laughs> All the more so you know everything she's saying is genuine because she hates acting. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's so yeah. awesome. So cool. Awesome. Yeah. Here's a, a question. Is holiness possible for young people or do they have to be a little older first? <laughs> <laughs> yes, wow. it is possible. It's definitely possible. Some of the greatest saints are little wee ones. I think mm. there was... I'm probably going to get this wrong. My my other sisters know these stories better, but I think there was somebody who was two who got canonized. No way. Yeah. Whoa. And Do you have like developed I, conscious conscience at that point? Like I don't know, but um <laughs> Grace. I, I don't know, but uh, you'll have to down Google it and figure it out. <laughs> so I'll let you go on that bunny trail, but I remember <laughs> being like, "Whoa." And Dominic Savio, mm. he wanted to be a saint and he was trying he was what? 10 years old and he asked saint don bosco like he was doing a lot of penances and so on and and he was getting sick because of it mm. at such a young age but uh don bosco said that god wants you to be happy and to do his will in all things and so he did and he died very young but he was a saint he was very devout um i think something that uh, one of my my greatest mentors, Dan Brule, he's <laughs> holy sanguine. I think he's gonna be a saint. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He he told me when I was young. He he said, "You're gonna become a saint. You're just so full of desire that you you won't be able to <laughs> to to do anything but that. Like you mm. you do you desire it." And so that just gave me first of all the affirmation of my desire in my heart that it's a true desire so having that mentor you know he was a young adult tell me that he saw i have what it takes but that's not true of just me mm. <laughs> you know i guess it means everything to me because it was me that it was said to and mm. i only have my own future to live <laughs> but that's true of every person that they have wanted is in them to become a saint mm. and um you know, becoming a saint is union with God. So I, we, we have a group of young women that we meet with on Zoom and they actually initiated with us. It was amazing. Wow. And one of the young ones, she strikes me particularly, she's from a beautiful holy family. And uh, one of her brothers was telling me that she, you know, they were going to watch a movie and 
she looked at it and there was something that you know it wasn't necessarily completely bad she's like i don't want this in my soul mm. i'm gonna go to wow. my room and and read and said you guys can watch this but i just know that wow. i can't watch this and they were all like whoa <laughs> you know but you know she, she at 13 years old such a strength mm. of character and just being true to what the holy spirit spirits put in her heart the 13 to 15 year olds that we meet with you know they were like we don't want this to be for kids like we want meat and we're like sweet so we we talked to them at the level we would talk to any adult mm. and they're they share with us such heroic true mm. like holiness is a continual new beginning because mm. whenever we you know we cross a threshold of of overcoming ourselves there's always more <laughs> to mm. overcome mm -hmm. and uh you see them truly making these steps desiring to mm. grow in their prayer um you know asceticism is just this turning mm. you know it sounds like <laughs> whipping and you know all that like asceticism is is um exercise right mm. mm -hmm. and i think you just look at the how people live in the world i remember when i was a hairdresser just seeing the asceticism of the world like mm. we are totally capable of asceticism but what is our end goal of it mm -hmm. how many people they wake up at a certain time they go to the gym for two hours they only eat certain things they won't look at a donut <laughs> and they have like they get in line for 15 minutes to get exactly the same Starbucks, which is perfectly tailored to their palate so that they enjoy that moment. Mm. And then they get on the bus, they go to work, they go home, they watch the same TV. That is a, a horarium. Mm. To what end? We love discipline. We are made for this rhythm mm. of life. Mm -hmm. Who is it aimed at? Mm -hmm. where are we growing in so i totally believe in you know that that sort of culture is seeped down to young high school kids who are mm -hmm. you know getting um you know overworking sprains you know because of like hockey practices for five hours when they're still growing and you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i think we definitely have what it is mm -hmm. where is our desire mm -hmm. and so if children are given the experience of of well the anointing of the holy spirit they're invited to we believe that they can you know it's not that we we uh you know we we tr give them the truth they're often far exceeding anything that us as jaded adults <laughs> would do for god like their mm -hmm. generosity is immense it, and not necessarily in the grandeur of their gift but in the wholeheartedness of their gift mm -hmm. um yeah they they yeah and so it's it's it blows my mind and really challenges me mm. when I see young people that definitely I, you know, I would canonize them. <laughs> like uh, they're so beautiful. So yeah, mm. sainthood is definitely possible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Go yeah. for it, kids. <laughs> Show me the way. <laughs> wow. Um, how do you see the church moving forward in evangelization? Mm. Uh, St. Pope John Paul II, like was like one of the, you know, big plummets into the ocean and like we're kind of still experiencing the ripples of of the effect of his, you know, starting World Youth Day and just like such an intense um emphasis on the importance of holiness in young people. Mm. And yeah, like the new evangelization is like still around because of him, I think. Mm. And well, obviously the Holy Spirit working through him in that. Um but how do you see how do you see us moving forward in that 
and post pandemic. I know there's all that in mm. there in there as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a good question. I didn't get as deep into this one. But... <laughs> That's good. If That's any, if either of you sense something, you go ahead. I'm just gonna. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess like the first thing that comes to mind is that sometimes, oh, I should lean into my mic here. <laughs> sometimes in youth ministry, we sense that we have to entertain or catch the, catch the gaze or the, the attention or attraction of the young people in mm. order for them to listen. And I think that's changed a lot since even when I was a kid. Um, I heard from a parishioner at St. Mary's that, you know, they stopped doing games and everything and they just come together, eat truth. I think it's Father Mark Goring feeding them, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, and then have like adoration and stuff. And they have like 90 kids in their youth ministry. Wow. Um, that rings so true. Uh, I think it, at this point, our culture is so... I don't... It's like I wouldn't even want to be able to relate with it. <laughs> in a certain way mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of things as we do relate to it that are that kind of do a disservice to mm -hmm. the gospel compromising yeah yeah i was just even listening i was listening to the stations across coming here and the first station was about um you know jesus being condemned by Pilate, and he was reflecting on um how we often times like we allow society to label a certain kind of people who are in misfortune to like say that these guys are second class or outcasts or not mm -hmm. worth you know like the worth in society and i think we pick up those trends too and we we talk to each other sarcastically um i i i sense that young people like there's enough garbage in the world they they don't as good as our garbage can be and as funny as it is, it's never going to compete with the world's mm. garbage. You know what I mean? Like, we, we're we not as cool as the world can be. Mm. Let's stop trying to be. Because mm. cool is being authentic. Cool is being totally 100% bought into what you yeah. believe and actually living it with every aspect. Cool is holiness, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is just living out the truths of your faith and being on that journey, of course, because I think... In being able to enter into the mystery of our iniquity and its reconciliation with God, being a sinner is is half of our consummation of our, our energies. You know, like being a sinner is so hard <laughs> because, you know, you're constantly in distress and in turmoil because we fail to love and we feel it. Mm -hmm. We feel the effects of sin, even though we, we choose it. And so like, Entering into the mystery, our knowledge of our own sinfulness, but the knowledge of the Savior and that, you know, we, we, we leave everything behind and we look forward with Christ. You know, like Christ is always looking forward with us. He's meeting us where we're at, but bringing us into new things. Like we don't have to live as we lived five seconds ago. Mm. We're not bound. That's the Satan that wants to keep us in those lies. And really going into this, and helping kids fight for their freedom. I think we're also in like a second and third generation of denial of sin. 
Mm. And it's okay that we're sinners. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to stay there. Mm. Um, It's not okay. Like, and it's okay to be on the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So that acknowledgement of our sinfulness and that this is the place of meeting. This is the place. That's where we need a savior. Um, I think it's so hard even for myself sometimes to examine my conscience at night. I'm like, what's bad? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what? It's it's so easy. I've justified myself all day. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to unwind all Mm -hmm. the lies I've told myself. Mm -hmm. I think you were the one who told me Jordan Peterson said if if you were actually honest you wouldn't or like if there was one honest person in the world the world would be changed mm. like how much t- how much we lie to ourselves about mm. our compromises mm. and so it's not dwelling on that but i think there's definitely a, an aspect of teaching young people to see by creating an environment of holiness not in an artificial like everybody dresses like this and we only use nice language but like true truly looking at our hearts because i don't know like this is as crazy and broken as my religious community is we desire to live love from the heart and we're as crazy as they come like every sister is as different as different can be there's not one sister who is like and we're all really rough around the edges but People come and we're trying to live uh, the law of love. And it, there's, there are faux pas, of course, because you live in community life. But at the same time, the greater onus is on our patience than on somebody's acting properly. Mm. On our patience and, and forbearing with the others as they grow. Mm-hmm. Rather than let's all act like Catholics. Mm-hmm. Acting like Catholics, if we were acti- actually acting like Christ, how many years does he wait from, for the conversion of our habitual sin? Mm-hmm. How many years does he have the patience to let us fall on our faces time and time and time mm-hmm. again until finally we're sick of falling on our faces? And he continually meets us with love. Mm-hmm. If we lived as Christians in this, this seeing that that's me, Mm-hmm. in my sister and mm-hmm. having mercy on myself first so that I can have mercy on her because I want to be perfect so mm-hmm. I don't want to see you doing that because that reminds me of somebody I'm like <laughs> you know yep. we hated we, ourselves we, yeah. we, we yeah. come into a moment of redemption we come mm-hmm. into a moment of encountering the paschal mystery the mm-hmm. death and resurrection in our own hearts and then we mm-hmm. allow that grace to overflow into our sister or brother's hearts by loving them and accepting them with patience and love. And that is the work of redemption. And that's what youth ministry is all about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like evangelization is the good news. Evangelization is them meeting Christ personally, him having an effect in their lives every day. So yeah, I, I also I think um, really not being afraid of the Holy Spirit. And mm. really being bold in our asking for him to come down. We don't mm-hmm. have to be in some sort of like trance or like feeling the Holy Spirit to call upon him. Come mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He is here. Mm-hmm. Come Holy Spirit is the only word he needs to come into the heart of someone. Mm-hmm. Inviting them into the heart to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because then he can do all these things in their heart. He is the primary agent of evangelization. He will open the mysteries of the faith to them. So I think really uh, Pope Francis 
one of the things that's less known about him is his work with Karis and in in really bringing together all movements of the charismatic renewal. And that is the charismatic renewal, the charisms, you know, are all at the service of the new evangelization. Mm -hmm. This flow of grace is for the new evangelization. Mm -hmm. So really entering into that um, and entering into our, our, our charisms, but yeah, really in that growing in holiness in real time. So, you know, prayer is in order so that we can, love God, but also reconcile our own lives and sinfulness so that we can love our neighbor. And then we can go out in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that we are nothing and the Holy Spirit's doing all things mm-hmm. and inviting others. Like I, I was just thinking about this morning that Christ himself died and rose again. And all these people in Judea saw him die. And sometimes some of them saw him rise but until the Holy Spirit fell, 3,000 people, these same 3,000 people all of a sudden knew mm-hmm. and were struck to the heart and converted. Mm-hmm. And it, Christ said, you will do greater things after me. It's not just the works of miracles, but the true like uh, ability for the Holy, like the veil has been torn in two mm. for all hearts to receive the Holy Spirit. So, and then that, then they can realize their sin and come and, and, and come into that union. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So definitely the Holy Spirit, holiness, and uh, holiness is is not a it's not something artificial. Mm-hmm. It's the gritty every day, choosing to love, choosing to get back on our knees, choosing to pray. When, like honestly, every morning I'm like, I don't know how to pray, Jesus. I know you're <laughs> right there in the host, and this is supposed to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. Teach me how to pray. Like I have to beg him every day to teach me how to pray. Because I have no clue how to pray. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been praying for 12 years, 13 years, you know, like seriously. And so, yeah, so we, we don't know what we're doing, but God does. And just, yeah, I don't know. That's me rambling. So <laughs> It's a great ramble. Wow. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. About you, Julia. Wow, I just want to be an echo. I'm like, <laughs> that, that was beautiful. Like, and a lot of like recurring themes, you know, like to to show ourselves and other people mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it keeps coming back to vulnerability. Like, mm-hmm. even even as someone who's recently, you know, gotten married, I feel like when I was, you know, single for for a number of years, just like watching other people's lives go by. And mm-hmm. but often, as we know, on social media, it's often, you know, the the joy is depicted of like, I'm marrying my best friend. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. that's good for you. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Yeah. But it's like, and genuinely, but it's like, you know, like, realizing, yeah, like, Mike has become my best friend. And, and that's beautiful. But it's like, I want to showcase the, the hard the ugly, the challenges. I I want other people to like. I have such a passion for that to, mm. because actually, um, a friend of mine recently got married, and her friend, um, was describing, you know, like, oh, our friendship's gonna change because her friend, you know, is single currently, and, um, and she said, you know, um, Haley said something beautiful. The one who got married, um, just like, I am trading the cross of singleness for the cross of marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so easy to like idolize vocations mm-hmm. um, and just be like, oh, you know, when I'm married, like, I know it's hard, but it'll, it'll be so great, you know, yeah. and, and it is great, 
Mm. Um, but all my loneliness yeah. will be gone. <laughs> it's a different, different yeah, kind yeah, of lonely. Yeah, but it's like, lonely. yeah, yeah. yeah. So sure. just like I have such a passion for sharing those things. Mm. Um, and my spiritual director, Patty, Michael Lossick, oh, amazing love woman. Her. Love her. <laughs> love you. <laughs> but yeah, just like she shared, like it is embrace in embracing the crucifixion that allowed me to live the fairy tale, to see the fairy tale. Mm. And as someone who is as sentimental as they come, I feel like I, I want the fairy tale, mm-hmm. the Disney princess life. But it's like, yeah, like really, really being honest with the with the crucifixion and embracing it mm-hmm. and sharing it and proclaiming it. But and then the resurrection joy, you know, mm-hmm. and not having one without the other. So just back to the vulnerability cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like. I think uh, you mentioned it, Matthew, but just like a, wa- a ways back, but just, you know, all of these things can be nice theories. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in entering my vocation, like to live that and experience that um, way less of a theory and, <laughs> and just like lived experience, you know, yeah. um, and just also that that reminder to not feel unworthy wherever you're at, because I think even in getting married, it's like so easy to be like, oh, you know, married friends don't forget your single friends and like single friends, don't forget your married friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I've been so humbled, like, cause I, you almost think in entering your vocation, there can be that like, Oh, I'm, I'm all of a sudden less approachable, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because yeah. I'm, I've got it. I'm, I'm married now, but like, what about my single friends? You know? And it's like, yeah, just like, um, in the past month or so, I've been so humbled because at least twice I've been asked like publicly and privately to like share like wisdom and encouragement about being married. I'm like, Guys, I've been married for like three months. <laughs> I don't really have a lot to, to say, but here goes, you know, but it's like, like, yeah, to, to kind of get over myself in that way and, and become more approachable and share, you know, like mm. what, uh, what the Lord's been doing and yeah. Isn't it like huge. vulnerable to, you know, cause your, your vocation is kind of like your dream and you know that it's, yeah. the, it's at least the seed mm. of the tree that God you've known is always in your heart yeah. and when you have it and there's that public exp- it's almost like you've exposed a part of your heart yeah. and you want yeah. it to be you want people to be just as happy about it as you are and you don't want people to be sorrowful when they see you in sorrow because you know it, it's almost like a reflection on your dream mm-hmm. and there's such mm-hmm. a vulnerability mm-hmm. in being weak yeah in your vocation yeah. Yeah. i know even as a religious sister it's just like oh Mm-hmm. You know, and, and trusting that God, you know, because that part of it's like, I just want to do this great because I want God to be glorified. I'm sure in your marriage, you want mm-hmm. to be a beautiful icon of the love of God, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. same thing as a religious sister, you, that the vulnerability of being weak is so hard to trust that God mm-hmm. is is going, not to save your face, but to show his own face, you know, like mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, because you're, you just we just don't want to disfigure the beauty of who we're reflecting, right? Yeah. It's like we we come to see how he wants us to show his face to the world, and mm-hmm. and it's it saddens, but at the same time, it's so often is those times that God's like, see how everybody has seen something so much more beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's like that area of shame that God's always trying to uncover, <laughs> totally. right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to be like, this is where I want to bring the glory. I want to show the freedom. I want to free you. Because I think you're the only person feeling anxiety about this. <laughs> like, actually, yeah, yeah. so many times, it's just mm-hmm. like you can get plagued with anxiety yeah. and you're like, yeah. I ruined the Catholic Church. <laughs> That's yeah, a little extreme. Yeah. But you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to reflect that because it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We love, we love God and we want 
people to see his face mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it's so interesting your vulnerability I, i'm excited to talk with you more oh yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah. and just like adding on to this beautiful conversation is is like that same heather penny <laughs> she's oh, gonna be so her. embarrassed that <laughs> she'll bring her too. but yeah yeah <laughs> I love her. but yeah like in her maid of honor speech for me she said uh you know mike you know everyone's talking about julia but she's like mike you know you've you've I, I love the way that you've challenged Julia to grow, mm. you know, in dating her. And yet you've never f wavered in loving her. Wow. And those words just are like uh, echoed in, in my mind. But I'm like, it, it reminds me of what you were saying just in ministry and, and loving people. It's like Jesus loves us to, you know, where we're at and not enough to... How am I saying this? But like, <laughs> he loves us where we're at. Um, too much to leave us there. That. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> I'm so human. See? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, like Mike is my primary vessel of, of the Lord's love. Other than like my direct relationship mm. with the Lord. Like mm. Mike is my earthly, you know, vessel of, of God's love. And, and, mm. and he does that to me all the time. And, and I love that. Like challenges me to grow. Mm. Um while not wavering in, in his love. And then and then also another thread I've I've found in this podcast has been like the the journey of holiness is is ongoing. Mm -hmm. So it it's so I years ago I came to this realization of like it's a staircase, you know, like there might be a landing so we can rest a while, but we're never there until mm -hmm. we, we get to get to heaven. And it's like, you know, even vocationally something beautiful Mike has shared. One of one of my favorite hobbies is to talk about how much I love Mike. Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, like just that it, it's so, so an ongoing journey. Mm. And he says, you know, Julie, I'll never get to enjoy the perfect you. Like we are like the, the your, your perfected love. Like that's for God to enjoy in heaven. And it's my job to, to get you there. Whoa. And I'm like, good man. <laughs> you got a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and another like friend and mentor in my life, um, we're just having dinner with them, this couple, the Brines and, and Carrie, um, she said, you know, with our journey of holiness, um, is like, you can't arrive halfway. Mm -hmm. And it, again, it's simple. It's mm. so simple, like that concept, and mm. also profound. It's like, yeah, like it, it's so ongoing. It's it's a choice each and every single yeah, day. Every day. Yeah. Mm. Totally. So that that's my little little nugget. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I love the like the everyday yes. I remember when I mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I was like, okay, um, sacraments, these are great. Growing in my faith growing my faith it was just such a vague mm. thing but mm. then like when it was finally like yes no longer lord make me holy but just not yet <laughs> it was like yes lord i choose you today and i'm gonna cho choose you tomorrow and the day after and then the next day came and i was like okay i'm not feeling you know the feelings anymore but still to make that conscious decision mm. and every day after that there have been you know there's days that i don't choose him and there's moments that i don't mm. choose him um but God loves playing with detuned instruments. We're all broken. Like mm. he makes He's them got sound a good great. Stretch on those hands. <laughs> yeah, like he like you know like when you play the guitar and you like move the string up enough to make it sound mm. in key. Like he he can do that because um, he's God. And mm. I think I'm a firm believer that we are going to go through more and more persecution as a church, mm. as church, mm -hmm. and it's not going to get any easier. But the witness. Um, martyrdom might not be that far off who knows mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds so extreme to say mm -hmm. but um like god is going to continue to work in us and he's going to continue to fill 
people that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit who will then become leaders, um, not just solely leaders in the way that we think of leaders in the mm-hmm. world. Um, yeah, but he's going he's gonna to keep doing what he needs to do. And um, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to think about. And like even in my own spiritual journey, like, uh, like I'm, I'm looking into religious life. When this podcast comes out, I might not be here in Ottawa anymore. I might be in New, New York City. Wild. We'll see. Uh, but wow. like it's, I love what you said. It's like betting your life on it. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what I want to do. And there, there's definitely like the guy side to me that's like, I just want to do something extreme, you know? <laughs> Same <laughs> thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, God works with the desires in our hearts. He places desires on our hearts. And um, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just you and him. And mm. like that, I've been realizing that the last few days, just like I get to the end of the day, I'm, you know, kind of doing a nightly examine and, and like the last thing I see before I go to bed is, is Christ on the cross. And I'm like, all right, mm. like this is, this is my life. And this could potentially be my life for the rest of my life. You know, just, yeah, just seeing him uh, on the cross and, you know, saying a prayer to St. Joseph. <laughs> Give me some good dreams tonight, St. Joseph. Oh, nice. Joseph, I like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's simple, <laughs> but it's not easy to live. Yeah. Wow. So, That's awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely praying for the grace to, like, if God asks me to step up in any way like to be to be able to have the the grace to accept the grace mm-hmm. um because we're dust and ashes <laughs> mm. um yeah so it it's there's an exciting future for the church and for evangelization and youth ministry and we need more people like you sister john paul marie we need willing. more people like you <laughs> dust and ashes and eyelashes <laughs> Speaking yeah, got, of eyelashes, you have great off. eyebrows. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that because, you know, back in the day, you know, thinking of nuns and stuff, I was like, oh, but like, can you be a nun and have nice eyebrows? Well, here's your answer. You can. I have my dad's eyebrows. <laughs> great. Right, but my that. mom's eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, on that note, I think that's a good place to end it off. All right. Um, But uh, if you want to follow the podcast or any of our social medias, which are very high quality, you should go over to Instagram and follow us at NetCanada or on all the social medias, actually. Um, And if you just want to find out more about our ministry, you can head over to netcanada.ca. What about the Queenship of Mary? What if, Mm. you know, somebody's listening to this and they're like, how can I find out more about this order? www.queenshipofmary.ca and we'd love for you to come visit our website and find out all the fun things that we're up mm-hmm. to these days mm-hmm. and Matthew visit them. Have, have a, <laughs> Matthew's helping us with a little project about the building of our mother house right now mm-hmm. he's helping yeah. with some videography for a show we're going to have so you can follow the progress and the miracles because it's going mm-hmm. to be a miracle for this building to be built so mm-hmm. encourage you it's called sister build you'll see that on our website soon God yeah. bless you. Yeah, this this show will actually be out by the time, like it'll be out probably next fall. So okay, well, <laughs> well, sh- you'll be able to see the convent built then. Enjoy, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Would you be okay just like closing us off with a prayer? Sure. All right. Father, Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Right. I'm Holy Spirit. Lord, I. 
give to you, each person who's listening right now. I ask through the intercession of Our Lady that um, the Holy Spirit might be imparted in a new way, in new grace, new abundance in the hearts of each of the listeners. Lord, I, I pray for all those who are carrying much shame, especially those who have journeyed so close to you, Lord, and who feel that they've left your house in any way. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would wrap them with a mantle, put the ring upon their finger, new sandals upon their feet, that you might remind them that they are your beloved son or daughter. Lord, we thank you for this season that we're in right now where you remind us of how we loved we are as human beings, as your creatures, that you would come and become a human being to experience all we've experienced as, as human people experience it, Lord. You're acquainted with all of our weakness. Mm. We now unite ourselves to you in all that we're experiencing now. And we ask you to draw us to the heart of the Father. Thank you, Lord, for all of your good graces. Thank you for your abundant mercy. Thank you that your love looks upon us and cherishes us the way that you find us, Lord. We turn to you. We return your gaze of love with our gaze of love. Blessed Mother, we just ask you to take all of our prayers in your hands and present them to the Lord that they might be a pleasing offering before him. Mary, make us all great saints for the glory of your son's name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, for wow. Sister John Paul Marie. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Julia and Matthew. This was too much fun. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, should we have a rematch and see if we can, you know, I can beat oh, the yeah. arm wrestling? <laughs> I'm too nervous. I don't want to lose. <laughs> so, I think you'd still beat me. <laughs> All the logs you've been cutting down for the new comment. I know, uh, actually, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> uh, maybe in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well awesome. thank you all so much for listening to the podcast and we will see you next time peace